Well, let's get into the word this morning. I do want to make a confession that I don't believe in my human adult life I've ever had to like set a clock back because I just grew up in the era of cell phones. So I don't know. I'll tell you guys to set your clocks back, but I've never had to do that. So what? what see, I don't even know. It just does it for me. That's it. Uh, hey, my sermon today is titled Walking in the Light. If you guys weren't here last week or if you're new here, uh, welcome. And we started in 1 John, the, the letter of 1 John last week, and went over the first four verses. And we just go uh, verse by verse through the Bible on Sunday mornings. So we're, uh, we're going to be in 1 John chapter 1, and we're going to start in verse 5 today. It's called Walking in the Light, and we saw last week John kind of open his letter with just an introduction on getting us ready for what he's about to say, and basically just telling us who Jesus is, and, and that Jesus was a real person that came here, and that the fellowship that we have with each other and with God is, is, uh, is important, and it's going to bring us joy. And so John's going to kind of go deeper into that relationship piece. Uh, and we're going to see kind of a warning of, of something that can separate us from our relationship with God this morning. <clears throat> and if our relationship with God is something that brings us joy, we need to be able to look out for, for that. We need to be able to take care of that relationship. And he uses this idea of walking in the light, that God is light. Um, just as a beautiful analogy of the characteristics of, of God, if you will. <clears throat> what? Oh, okay. Thank you. I've done this before. Uh, and we're going to see that John really goes into saying God is light and we have a choice. And we can either walk in the light or walk in the dark. And walking in the light next to God or, or choosing the other path. But we're really going to see it. You really can't do both. Kind of scientifically, even with physical light, it can't exist in the darkness. And so as we jump in this morning, there's things in our life, there's things in this world that are going to that are, that are make our relationship with God suffer. And we just need to be on the lookout for them. So as we jump into the word, uh, <clears throat> kind of the three things John's going to highlight today in our text is uh, that God is light. Just the idea of who God is. Uh, our walk, either in light or darkness. And then he's going to let us know about the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to start right in verse 5. And we're going to go all the way to chapter 2, verse 2 this morning says, this is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say to him that we have no sin, 
we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his words are not in us. My little children, I say these things to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the whole world. What is just a rich piece of text that is, that just explains just the condition of who God is, uh, that position that God's in, in light, um, where we should be walking with him, our relationship with him, and then just... Uh, and just what happens when, when we do sin and mess up, just the forgiveness of Jesus. So uh, let's just diving in. If you're a note taker this morning, you can just write down number one, that God is light. We're going to just see and break down that text right from the top, that God is light. And verse five just says, this message, which I have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. And... So we see, this is, uh, I like that he just says, this is a message which we have heard from him and declare to you. So John just starts out saying, this isn't, this isn't something I'm making up. This is something from God. This is something God wants you to know. And I think that's important to know that God wants you to know that he is light. This isn't something that's, that's made up by humans. <clears throat> In verse one through four, we really see, John talked about the physicalness of, of who Jesus is, that he was a real person. He's trying to, to almost defend him and just say, look, Jesus was real. This is what he came to do. And if we can find relationship with him, if we can know in our hearts that he's real and, and trust that we believe that he came to die for us, then we can have that fullness of joy that it talks about in verse 4. <clears throat> And that's big, that relationship's only possible because of the living, breathing Jesus Christ. But I think it's important, just like any relationship that we, we know, we, we have to kind of know the nature of who God is. Isn't that true in most relationships that we have? You kind of need to know who you're, who you're dealing with what the characters are, the characteristics are, that is. Um, <clears throat> a lot of time that's difficult for us to do with other people, right? But with God, it's so plainly splayed, spelled out all over the Bible that we don't have to guess about the characteristics of God and uh, the, just what it is that, that God represents and I'm going to go through a lot of verses this morning uh, that just highlight this idea that God is light and what that means for us this morning. <clears throat> because it says God is light. Light is, means so much to us and maybe something we even take for granted a little bit because it's just at our fingertips, but Think about John writing this. He didn't have flashlights or cell phone lights or 
uh, just lights you can turn on and off. There was, um, there was fire, there was daylight, and then there was darkness. Uh, which means like here in the Pacific Northwest, it was just fire or darkness for nine months out of the year. Um, light was a big deal back then. And it wasn't something that was just easily found. And so I think that even can make us feel more so just what this meant to say, God is light. <clears throat> but I think what's so cool about this comparison of light and darkness is that the qualities of light physically kind of match the qualities of light spiritually. You guys ever notice that? I just wrote down a bunch of things about light that, that seem to compare with everything spiritually. And I got light dispels darkness. Light reveals everything in its presence. Light fills all space available to it, but will not invade space closed to it. Light can be everywhere all at once. Light is illumination enabling us to find our way. Light is color, revealing incredible beauty around us. Light is warmth, giving comfort. Light is energy that produces power. Light is speed that's here in an instant. Light is essential for growth and healing. And light fades the further we move away from its source. And so when you just think of that, that first verse here, that God is light, and really think about what that means for us. What 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 does light do for us? It's pretty. It's a pretty beautiful picture. The pretty beautiful picture of 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 what God's qualities are. <clears throat> I'm just going. The Bible has so much to say about this God being light. And I just ran through just a few of them. John eight twelve. Jesus said. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Third verse in the Bible, Genesis 3. God's first act in preparing the earth for us. It says, God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and said it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Thessalonians says we're children of light. Ephesians 5 says uh, when light shines on us, it reveals our true nature. <clears throat> but it doesn't just say, God is light. I think it's important to note that it says God is light. It doesn't say God is the light or God's near the light. It says God is the light. And I think that matters as, as we look into this text that, that God is the light. <clears throat> but it also says that in him is no darkness at all. And so what does the Bible say about darkness? It says in Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. The idea of spiritual darkness. This is such a 
cool concept. And it's so cool that do you guys notice that pop culture over time has used these same analogies? Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, uh, so many things. I can't even think of them right now. Like most Marvel movies, like this idea of dark and light and, and light representing pure and dark representing evil has been something that is such a good analogy that's from the Bible. I don't wonder if these people know that this came from the Bible. They'd probably just cancel everything. I don't make sure they don't find this out. It's our secret, I guess. Um, but this idea of spiritual darkness refers to the, the opposition of light. It says light, light and dark cannot be compatible. <clears throat> light by definition has no darkness in it. Darkness is the absence of light. <clears throat> and really, as we look into who God is this morning, and ask ourselves, do we want a relationship with this, with this God? We have to say, like, light stands for a, the truth, the righteousness, the purity, the joy, and the glory of God. And then we can look at the other's path, the darkness. He, in him is no darkness at all. And darkness stands for uh, this world that we live in, full of error, evil, ignorance, wickedness. Some of those are really good qualities and some of those are really bad. And, and praise the Lord, we, our God has all the good ones and none of the bad ones. Because there's no darkness in, uh, in God at all. <clears throat> we need to know that if something seems off in our relationship with God, that it's not God's fault. If we're sitting here blaming God for something wrong with our relationship with him, uh, that's saying that God has darkness. That's blasphemy. That's not lightness and light and dark cannot live in the same. And it says God is not darkness at all. So if it's not God, it's us, right? And that gets me to my second point as we move on that there's a condition in us and it's called sin. And we're going to see this morning that we have the opportunity to walk in the light with God or walk in the darkness kind of away from God. And so that's, uh, if you want to write down number two, our walk in light and darkness is, is what we're going to see in verse six here. It says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Walking in the darkness is not, it doesn't mean that we have to be perfect. Right? Because obviously we're humans. We're, we, we have this sin tendency. Of, uh, we live in this world. And there hasn't been a perfect being 
ever to walk this earth besides Jesus Christ. And so it's not saying we have to live in this perfect world. God doesn't expect perfection from us. But I like that it says that we're walking. Because walking implies that we're practicing. It's something that we're practicing or it's something that uh, it's a pattern. Are you practicing sin this morning? Are you, is there a pattern of this sin in your life? It's not just slipping up. We're going to mess up. Of course. Most of us probably sinned on the way in this morning, looked at our clocks and went, maybe said a cuss word or I don't know. Maybe we're very gentle. Maybe got in an argument with our wives. I, I don't know. The days, it's still early too. So if you haven't sinned yet, you're gonna, you're gonna today. Um, but that walking is that action. It's that action. I think that, that God cares about most. And it's that thing that can really hurt us. All sin hurts us. All sin damages our relationship and our ability to, to fellowship with God. <clears throat> but it's that walking in that darkness that, that can really be damaging. Uh, <clears throat> but in the same way, walking in the light requires action as well, right? It's not something that we can just say or proclaim. It requires effort and action. And I love that it even says that. If you just say it and don't practice it, our text says that's a lie. If you're just claiming it, but there's still sin in your life, that's a lie. You're just lying to yourself. You're sinning about your sin. That's double sin. I don't, yeah. But what is the result of walking in the light? The Bible says it's uh, not only fellowship with God, but fellowship with one another. And that's something that we touched on last week, that John just doesn't go as far as just to say, we have fellowship with God. But he makes a point now, now twice in two weeks that we have fellowship with one another. As people who share that common interest of our love of Jesus Christ. And it's going to be something that comes up again next week in our text because it's important. It's important that we have these relationships. It's important that we're continuing to, to be with one another. Do you know why? It's because it's easier to walk in the light together. It's easier to lean on one another, to ask for prayer, to come together and share a meal and be with like-minded people that aren't going to, tempt you with sin that aren't going to tempt you with things that aren't going to glorify God. These relationships are important and we need to be working on them. And again, I I said it last week, I'll keep saying it though. It's, it's important that we're in fellowship with one another. If you've got a relationship with God, you're going to get along with God's people. And that's not, saying that we're not going to have arguments. We're not going to always see eye to eye on everything. We're not, we're not perfect. And we're not saying that you have to have perfect relationship with everybody in this room. That's silly. That's silly. But, but how can we be 
Christians. Literally, Christian is a word that just means little Christ. How could we be like that and walk in the light but hold on to grudges and bitterness with, with other people? And I'm talking in relationship to fellowship with, with other believers and, and, and people in the church, but this is your relationships with everybody at work, uh, out in the community. Uh, I don't, the person that cut you off in traffic this morning on the way here, It's so easy to get mad at people, to hold grudges and, and, and to, to hold on to bitterness and just go, oh, they did me wrong and, and that sucks. I, I, and, I, you know, I don't need them. That's how church hurt starts. Especially when we're talking about fellowship in the church. People get hurt. People disagree on things and they can't work past them. And it ends up saying, I, well, you know, there's, there's a whole group of people out there the Christians that just said, I'm done with church. I don't want to go to church anymore. I've been hurt by people in church. And that sucks. It sucks that it's like that because the Bible tells us we need fellowship with other Christians. And there's a whole bunch of people sitting at home uh, watching the live stream for the wrong reasons. You know, I love the live stream. I love that people can, when they have a sick kid, they can sit at home and watch church. Uh, it's also making it easier for these people that don't want to have fellowship and, and just hide in the shadows to just say, well, you know, I can watch church and I don't need to, I don't need to talk to anybody on a Sunday morning. And, and good for you for if you're watching our live stream and you're like that good. I'm, we're, we're glad to have you. I'm looking at you camera. We're glad to have you, but come to church, come experience the love of these people around you. But I just think about the grace that was extended to us. And how can we not extend that grace to, to our Christian brothers and sisters, to any brother or sister, when that grace was extended to you by Jesus? So we need to be people walking in the light. And we need to, when we walk in the light, we'll have this fellowship. And let's be people that are taking advantage of this fellowship. <clears throat> so this idea of walking in the light or darkness, there's just so, there's so much, so much darkness going on in the world. There's so much hate, so much anger, And where am I going with this? Um, and we need to be people walking in the light. We need to be people that are just not only receiving that joy that talks about in verse four, not only receiving fellowship with one another and, and walking in a relationship that's going to be honoring to God uh, and just fully beneficial, but but that's how other people are going to come to find the Lord is that reflection of that light. That is God, that reflection. And the closer we can walk to that light, the brighter our reflection is going to be. There's a time and a place for, for Christians to get rowdy and, and, and stand up for the truth and be bold and say, 
this is not okay. But more so often, it's that we, you know, we just need to show grace and love to one another and, uh, and reflect that love of Jesus, that grace of Jesus, that light of God onto other people. And so that matters. That matters. <clears throat> As we keep moving along, number three, we're going to see what happens if we get into this place of darkness. We're going to see what we need to do as Christians when we sin. And we're going to see forgiveness in Christ. So number three, is, uh, I just wrote forgiveness through Christ. And number nine, if you're a highlighter or underliner, make sure you highlight verse nine because it's a big deal. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We'll read it again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I think that's the, I think that's the best picture in the New Testament of what we need to do to, to, to get right with God that confession of our sins and that as soon as we confess, he is faithful and just to forgive. He doesn't hold grudges. He's, he's ready. He's willing to, to take those sins. He's willing to take, he's ready to take that garbage and, and, and get rid of it and cleanse us and get us back into a condition. Go back in our text and it, it says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And this morning, we have a decision to make, right? Walk in the light or walk in the dark. Every morning, we have a decision to make. And it's hard. There's things in our life. Sin is tempting. Sin can be fun for a season. It's not joyful. It can be fun. It can, it can bring you a little bit of happiness every now and then. Sin's exciting sometimes. I, there's many reasons why we sin. But if we, we, need to, we need to just realize that walking in the light with God is, is, uh, is way better. Way better. There's a way better option. That joyfulness that we can have. If you guys are in this room and, and, and you have that relationship with God, you should know and you should be excited. You know, you felt that joy. You felt that joy of becoming a new Christian, getting into a place and just having the Holy Spirit fill you again once you've repented for these sins. Once you've asked God for forgiveness and confessed to him. If we confess our sins, acknowledging before God that we're sinners, uh, God will both forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. <clears throat> I saw it written somewhere uh, to treat God truthfully and he will treat you truthfully. <clears throat> but it's not just a one-time thing. It's not just a one-time thing to, uh, 
confess our sins and say, I'm sorry, God, um, please forgive me. It's something that's got to be continually cleansed. Romans 3.23 says, for we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that's like daily we do that. That's, that's, that's a daily thing. And I love that there's no, God's not handing out like coupons and, and saying like, oh, use these wisely. You only have a few each week. You know, come back next week for your, your ration. We can ask God for forgiveness every time we screw up. Every time we have sin, every time we have this garbage in our life, we can just give it to God and, and say, God, I'm sorry. It's got no expiration date. It's not like a blockbuster movie. There's no late fees. Right? Some of you guys got blockbuster movies at your house. I know. I know. I heard a story uh, of just a, a guy who rented some college library books and had them for 50 years. And, uh, and I, I, I guess the conviction of the Holy Spirit, he sent those books back 50 years later with a, like a thousand dollar check on the late fees. And, but what a cool picture of just like God and the cleansing of our sins and how cool is it that there's no sin too big that God won't take? There's no sin that God doesn't know about. If you think you're hiding sins from God, you're not. You might be hiding them from family members or your spouse or, or something else, but God knows. <clears throat> we have to get to, we have to get back into the light. When we go to the dark, we have to get back into the light. We have to get back into that relationship. We have to repent. And all repent means is that we're going one direction towards the dark. And we're going to turn around and walk back towards the light that, that is God. Don't let these sinful conditions stop you from having the love, the joy the peace of Jesus, the peace of God. And again, you can mess up. You can mess up and mess up and mess up and, and, and God's ready just to, just to take those things. Verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins. And not for our sins only, but also for the whole world. That I I love those verses there. And a lot of the I was as I just researched a lot of commentaries, a lot of pastors aren't, don't put those two verses with this part of scripture. And I, I kind of was like wondering why, because it, it looks to me that John's writing these to go hand in hand. It, this is the second chapter, but I hope you guys know that those chapters weren't, that's not John's doing. That was somebody else who just thought that they were getting it right. But I feel like 
verses uh, one and two go really well with chapter one. <clears throat> and says that you, I'm, I'm writing these things so that you may not sin. How many of you guys know that Christian, that Christian that just goes, or, or maybe even people mocking Christianity or, or Jesus that just go, well, if God's just going to cleanse me of my sins, then I'm just going to go buck wild and, and we'll worry about the rest later. I'll just ask for forgiveness at the end. I've ran into people like that. <clears throat> and I think that John writing this at the end is, is his way of going, I'm writing you this so you don't sin. These words should lead us to confession. Propitiation is just a word that means the satisfying of God's holy law. And so if you look and just say, I'm writing you this so you may not sin. If anybody sins, we have an advocate with Jesus, in Jesus. He himself is the satisfying of God's law for our sins. And not just for our sins, but the whole world's sins. Jesus is sacrificed for us and our sins show us that he is for us. Jesus is for us. He doesn't want us to live this life of darkness. And if we're going to sit here and walk in this darkness, then Jesus died in vain. Jesus suffered in vain. Because Jesus wants you to have that relationship with God the Father. God's not cleansing our sins out of a place of anger or disappointment. He actually forgets. The moment that he takes these sins and we can confess to him, he forgives us and and it's over. But God doesn't cleanse sins out of a place of anger or disappointment. He does it out of a place of love and joy. Chuck Smith, the founder of Calvary Chapel, I found a quote from him that just said, The moment I confess my transgressions in my heart, even before the words come out of my mouth, God has forgiven me. How cool is that? We don't even have to say them. God's already on it. As soon as we can start thinking about uh, confession and forgiveness, God's ready to to forgive us. He's swift to forgive us and and says, "I, I I don't want this for you. I don't want this for you. Thank you for giving me this sin. So, so you can come into my kingdom. You can walk in the light with me. Have this relationship with me. Receive that joyfulness. Luke 15, 7 says, uh, it's Jesus saying, I say to you likewise that there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. It's this place of joy that Jesus is coming from. It's all out of a place of love and joy for us. How many people out there just, I think, don't think that that's the case, that that God's just angry at them for for sinning. God's angry at them for screwing up. It could be far, couldn't be farther from the truth this morning. God's not angry with you. He He just wants you back. He just wants you walking back in that light. When we walk in light, I said it a little bit ago, but we just we get to reflect that light in this world of darkness. If we can trust Jesus and 
and just drag that garbage of sin into the light, confess to him. And it says he's just and faithful to, to forgive. If we're taking action and walking in the light of God, we can start reflecting on the dark world. This increases our ability to to go spread the gospel, right? That's what we're to do, right? Go and make disciples. If we're reflecting that light of Jesus, it's pretty easy to go and make disciples. I loved yesterday, uh, I think it was Pastor Brett again, just said, could you imagine what kind of impact our church could have if, again, men's conference, but I'm going to apply it to everybody. If we could all just rise up and, and walk in the light simultaneously as just God's army and just what an impact we'd have on culture and society as just this fellowship of people that truly believed and, and repented and confessed and, and received forgiveness for our sins and, and walked in that light. And when we walk in that light, just knowing, God, I want more. I want more of you. I want more of that light. I'm going to keep walking in the direction of light. And if we can keep doing that, that's how we're going to change culture. That's how we're going to reach people for the kingdom. So I want you guys to just ask yourselves this morning, how's your walk going? How's your walk going? What sin in your life's holding you back from being able to, to walk in the light? What is it? Can we pray for you? What's holding you back from receiving this joy? If you are in a place this morning where you just feel dark, you just feel alone, you just feel like there's no options, I really challenge you this morning to, to just look at, at your life and just, is there some sin hiding in there? Is there some sin that needs to just be given to Jesus? Let's say, I'm not going to practice this. I'm not going to walk in this. Not that I'm not going to make mistakes. But I'm not going to practice this sin anymore. I'm going to give it to you, God, and I'm going to walk towards you.